Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Cynicism Podcast. I'm Tyler Mowry and I have a lot of opinions on films and so do a lot of my friends. And this is the podcast that uh, we're going to talk about them. Today, uh, I have my friend Jake Williams. Hey, I'm uh, Jake. I'm honored to be here for the first ever Cynicism Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly going to be a huge hit. Definitely. (laughs) So today we wanted to talk about uh, a film that just came out a couple weeks ago, La La Land. uh, Directed by Damien Chazelle. Um, I'm a big... Damien Chazelle, and I have been since Whiplash, and watching the short film that he created come into the movie, uh, and how he's gone further from that. So, I wanted to talk a little bit about what you thought about his newest film, La La Land, and... uh, Oh, off the bat, let's talk about which one, which one do you like better? Okay. Like, Whiplash versus La La Land? I like Whiplash better, for a couple reasons. One, I felt like I related more to the main character of Whiplash more than I did... The romance story. I of relate La La Land. a lot to Ryan Gosling. I like. To, I think of myself as like a tortured, <laughs> a tortured, beautiful artist. <laughs> uh, that's an interesting, interesting. You're going to that because I think that like, uh, like La La Land. I don't think it's even supposed to be relatable. You know, it's not even like trying to have you relate to the characters. I mean, maybe like relate to the idea of following your dreams, but it's very like, it's beautiful. You know, everything about it's beautiful. The characters like right. don't really like they have flaws in like a beautiful way like you know like yeah. it's, it's more like uh watching that it's not like watching whiplash and being like you know i want to like one other thing actually about whiplash is the average person watching whiplash i'm not sure they see miles teller and i'm like yeah that's what i want to do <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's true i mean that's i think true. it's supposed to be like cool how like much effort he's putting into this i'm not sure if you're supposed to like want to do it too you know i'm not sure if you're supposed to want to follow in his footsteps of giving up your life to achieve greatness in music Right, right. I guess that's true. Um, I think that, I don't know, I think also part of it is attributed to the fact that I just personally have mixed feelings on musicals as a whole. Not that I think they're bad, but my exposure to musicals has been a lot smaller than a lot of people. Yeah, Um, yeah, I agree with that. And I I really like how, uh, if the, uh, I'll link it below, but the the interview with him, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, uh, right, right, the Hollywood Roundtable. The Hollywood Reporter, yeah. 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 Uh, really cool. Color of the people. I, f- I forget all the names of people that were there. But he talks about how he actually, uh, in the beginning of the film, there's that big musical number with the right, uh, right. song and dance. And he actually set that up because he wanted people to leave if they didn't enjoy <laughs> yeah. musicals, which I really loved in the sense yeah. of like... He wanted them to know right away if they were going to like the film or not like the film. Exactly. Like if the musicals are going to be too much for them throughout Exactly, it. which I liked because, you know, like... He's trying to like make this artistic film, and so he wants fans to enjoy this film. He doesn't yeah. necessarily need this to be this mega blockbuster that everybody goes and sees. Yeah. He just wants fans to enjoy it, and I really respected that. Okay, you know what? You know what? I want to, I want to talk about that real fast. One thing about this film, the release of this film that really annoyed me, is that they have Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone and a f- semi-famous director coming off Whiplash. Like, it's an it's a film that like I think a lot of people were excited for. Like, my grandma was like wanting to see this film, but they're acting like it's an art house film. Like, they're releasing it theater to theater as if it's an art house. I went to see the film in Chicago in like a well-populated area, and uh, while buying the ticket, she's like, "Yeah, uh, we only have about." like 40 seats in this theater because like we're kind of like or like 20 or 25 percent like a really small amount because she's like we're releasing it like it's an art house film and it's like it's not an art house film it's like a yeah. big budget movie that they're trying to like pretend is art house well like, i mean it was when so... ryan gosling's in your movie it's not like you know i feel like everybody wants to see this movie like i think it's kind of a bigger deal than they're giving it credit for i mean it was still a lower budget film but i think yeah. that that is true there was a lot of there was a lot of a-list actors in it from a 
Emma more Stone, well-known like director. Ryan Gosling, J.K. Simmons. Like, I feel like a lot of people are excited for this. So I don't know if maybe it's like, maybe it's like trying to play off kind of like the hipster mentality. Like maybe it's like this corporation thinking it's cool if like <laughs> they treat it like an art house, you know? Possibly. Like, uh, I mean, it uh, might also be they they wanted they didn't want it to feel maybe like a blockbuster. Like yeah. they wanted to do a separation from that. Yeah. I'm not sure, but. That did kind of annoy me because I couldn't watch it for the first like, two it, weeks. I couldn't see it at my in my area. They, there weren't movie theaters showing it around me. I right. had to go to Chicago to see this movie. Right. I had to go to... I was up in Ohio, actually, when I watched yeah. the movie in Cleveland because yeah. it wasn't anywhere around me where I was. Which is annoying. Yeah. Um, okay, so at the film itself, did you... like? What were your thoughts on it? Uh, I liked it a lot. Um trying to think of just, like, uh, in general, broad stroke thoughts. Uh, I thought it was really... One thing about a film that's, like... Uh, when I think it's a success is if I'm not bored the whole time. Like, right. I wasn't I wasn't bored watching La La Land. You know, I was enjoying it a lot. Like, visually, it's beautiful. Like, just, like, watching the movie, like, every scene just looks beautiful as you're watching it, you know? Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone being on the camera might have helped that. <laughs> but right. just, like, the shots in general look, like, just... Right. You know, stunning as you're seeing it. Like, even like, even like, just like shots of like the street that they're on, or like uh, when they're up on like the uh, when they leave that the party scene, you know, and they're up there and they have like that musical number, they like dance, they mm-hmm. sing together for the first time. Like, it's just a beautiful film. I like the songs in it a lot. Um, one of the one like of the, the things music. that I was I kept looking at each really for a lot of the songs uh, and and choreographed dances that they did, uh, they didn't cut much, if any. Yeah. Um, I noticed that right off the bat with the first. Uh, like five minutes of the movie, I don't think they cut that whole scene. They make it look like one shot. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And oh, I, yeah, yeah, we follow the camera. Right, the right. Thing. Yeah. And I, I really like that because he, uh, Damien Chazelle, wanted it to to look back to the older type musicals. He didn't want to yeah. hide. Is that a thing? Older musicals did a lot. They didn't have cuts. They're yeah, just yeah. They like... well, the idea was that he wanted to actually, he wanted the audience to actually watch these people dance and yeah. sing, and not like cut around people's inability to dance. Right. And so that's why. A lot of it is in these wider shots where they you actually just watch them dance because okay. he didn't want it to, to have that newer feel, uh, which I thought was cool. And also, I would love to, to look at more of how they did that behind the scenes uh, of what kind of camera equipment they were yeah. using because that was really good. You know, before going before going further into Law Land as like a separate film, I want to talk more about Damien just in general, like the director of this film. How long can this guy keep making movies about jazz musicians? Like, I, I think it's insane that like he keeps doing that. Like, you'd think for like a new guy, like he comes off of this first film, Whiplash, and it's great and it's about jazz. You think he'd like want to separate from that a little bit? It, it's weird for me that he really he doubled down on jazz musicians, you know, and like that same kind of like storyline, like a jazz musician wanting to achieve greatness and kind of like pretentious. He likes pretentious musicians that are very much like uh, what they're doing. Like, there's a pure way to do music, you know. Like, they're very much like. Uh, trying to be, like, one of the greats. He has, like, a jazz musician that's just, like, you know, wanting to be one of the greats and respecting the greats and, like, you know, doesn't want to, like, caught up in, like, pop music. You know, they think, like, rock bands are garbage. Like, that's the thing. That's a, that's a theme in both of them. Uh, for them, failing as a musician is joining a popular rock band. Even J.K. Simmons in Whiplash tells Miles Teller that. He says something about, like, he makes some comment about, like, uh, if he doesn't play drums well enough, he'll end up in a rock band, which seems to be, like, right. <laughs> for one thing, the cooler outcome to end up in a rock band, <laughs> right. as opposed to, like, if you do it right, you're going to be a starving artist that plays in symphonies. Like, <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, I, well, here's my thing. Uh, this is something I mentioned briefly to you before we started this, was I feel like these are the same movie. Okay. Now, in very, very different ways that the story is told. Right. But okay, so like, you take both at the base. They are about 
people sacrificing things to achieve what they want to achieve. Right. That's the base. And so you have one is told through this more kind of visceral, like right. uh, self-sacrifice and kind of throwing away, throwing away everything around you. Whereas one is like sacrificing the person you love specifically to achieve that. But I think at the base, right. they're both about musicians. They're both about uh, achieving Right. achieving your dreams at the cost of something else. Right. And so my thing is, what I am really interested to see is what is Damien Chazelle's third film? Because uh, I don't feel like he can do this again. Right. And I'm not saying that either of these films were bad. They were not bad. They were What's good films. What's next for Damien Chazelle? <laughs> okay, one thing I want to talk about there is uh, I think it's interesting you're saying same film. I think... Uh, Okay, reading uh, the John Tribute book, The Anatomy of Story, he talks about, like, the premise of a film, and then, like, uh, once you have the premise, where to go with that, you know? Right. Different ways to tell. These, the premise is just, like, such a loose thing. So, like, I think both these movies have the same premise, okay? Artist sacrifices to achieve their dream. That would be, like, the same, like, baseline premise. And from there, you can take artist sacrifices to achieve dream in a thousand different ways, you right. know? So, and uh, Whiplash, you know, it's it's the, this artist, like, uh, de- dealing with... Uh, uh, it's this artist dealing with, um, you know, this like this awful mentor. Like he's sacrificing in that way. Like he's giving up like uh, his self respect, you right. know, to be achieve greatness. And uh, you know, he's like still in school. He's doing that path. And then uh, so he's in school. Like he has like it's it's kind of implied that like you know he's not sacrificing like money yet. You know, he right. he still has a good place to live. And then uh, I guess the Ryan the Ryan Gosling, you know, who's kind of the same character as Miles Teller in Whiplash, Ryan Gosling in La La Land is past that point of his life. You know, he's outside of school and he still hasn't made it yet, you know? So we have him, you know, like the same premise, but now like just in a different part of his life, you know? So he's having like, uh, you know, he has Emma Stone show up, whether or not he wants to settle down with her. So it's like, it's, you're right. He's like sacrificing, it's different things they're sacrificing to achieve. You right. Know, greatness. So he's right. sacrificing love to achieve greatness, you know? Right. And money to achieve greatness, you know? So it's just right. kind of like the different things. He has to sacrifice a different point of his life. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, you, you write about, like, the, the premise can be told in different ways. I think this one is, there's a lot of similarities, also because it was made by the same person. Similarities and specifically, specifically right. like, music and um, looking back on, on where you come and what you lost. Because right. in Whiplash, you have a moment of, uh, like, the, the moment in Whiplash and the moment in, in La La Land, the very end, where you have Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone share this moment of like, we both made it, but we both lost each other in, in, in the right. way that we had each other. You look at Miles Teller in Whiplash, and you know, his father is looking at Miles Teller and understanding that like he's his son is, is going to be great, but he's also losing his son. And uh, Miles is Teller's ex girlfriend is sees him and understands that she has also lost this person to this. Uh, to what he has wanted to do with his life. So I think that um, they're very similar because they are made by the same person. Right. Uh, and a lot of the things are not, are like, a lot of the things are intertwined within the two movies. And I'm not, I'm still not saying the movies, either of them are bad. I think both of them were very good. Right, right. Um, but my thing is, at some point, I feel like he will run out of this vein. Right. Of I mean, in general, of... like I said, the premise, he can do a thousand different ways. He could keep doing that if he wants. One thing I want to talk about real fast, though, is that uh, just about achieving greatness in general and what that means in these storylines. I like that John Legend's character, uh, John Legend's the one who's starting that band and yeah. what's Ryan Gosling mm-hmm. to join the band with him. I like that character. At one point, he says to Ryan Gosling, I think he says, I think this is Ryan, I think this is John Legend that says this, but he says it to the character, he's like, 
these people that you love, you know, these greats, because Miles Teller and Ryan Gosling, you can take any lines of dialogue and kind of, like, interchange them. You know, they have very similar thoughts and philosophies on jazz that I assume comes directly from Damien. I think Damien, I'm pretty sure Damien was, did go to a music school at one point in his life. I think I heard that. But, uh, you know, I have to check that. But I think, like, I think Damien actually is, like, a musician in real life. So I think these thoughts on jazz obviously comes directly from Damien, you know, kind of writing himself and his views into those characters. But uh, John Legend says to him at one point, he's like, uh, those greats are great because they were doing novel things. You know, they were they were doing new things. They were, like, uh, they were experimenting and creating, you know? So he's like, Ryan Gosling, you can't be great if you're just going to keep doing what these people have been doing their whole lives, you know? Like, like mastering this old way to play music isn't necessarily a way to achieve greatness, you know? So that's interesting to me because Miles and him both, like, they're never going to be great if they're not innovating, you know? Like, they just kind of want to preserve this old style of music, which is cool in its own right, but it's not really, like, achieving this level of greatness, I feel like, they're aiming for, you know? Hmm. If they're going to just keep rehashing, you know, what the greats already did. Right. Which is interesting in general, actually. I guess we're talking about innovation because for La La Land, La La Land is a nostalgic film, you know? It's a film that's aimed at perfecting an old style, you know? So, So he's creating this movie that isn't, isn't necessarily innovating because it's supposed it's at its core it's supposed to be a nostalgic film it's supposed to remind you of an old style which is interesting he's not necessarily building off it he's creating like a great film that has this old style you know but at the same time you know you look at how it was critically acclaimed and you i think the interesting point there is like okay he looked back and made something that uh, people now think is amazing. So yeah. the question is, is he truly looking back or did he do enough things that were modern and yeah. do enough things that were in today's time so that we can still say, okay, this is this is a good movie, this is a good film, yeah. and this is a like a masterpiece of our time that's still right. somewhat looking back behind us. But right. I think I mean I think you always in certain aspects, you always look back to see what other people have done. Yeah. You always look and say, okay, I like this, what this person done, I like what this person done. Because you, like, you always wait, gather, right. right, you always gather your style the from that, others. Like, the thing the character, Ryan Gosling's character in the movie is doing is he's not innovating from it. He doesn't want to do that, you know? Right. Uh, John Legend's innovating from it. He's taking this and he's, he's like mixing it with like modern music and creating this new thing. Uh, one thing I want to talk about here is like Miles Teller. So Miles Teller I think is a little bit different than Ryan Gosling in one way. Miles Teller wants to be one of the greats where Ryan Gosling doesn't want that. Ryan Gosling wants to build a club that's a tribute to the greats. Right. You know? So basically what Ryan Gosling's trying to fill, build is this movie La La Land. You know? It's like a tribute to the greats. You know? Where Miles Teller wants to be one of the greats, but I don't think he can become one of the greats. I think he's kind of doing what Ryan Gosling's doing. Because I think it's like uh, the person who innovates it is the person who's remembered as one of the greats. You know? Johnny Carson's, when we look back on like late night TV a hundred years from now, Johnny Carson's who we're going to remember. You know? The, the most popular, the best, the most innovative host of the Planet Show ever. Jimmy Fallon can do as he can be as great as he wants right now, but because he's doing the same setup, we're gonna remember Johnny Carson as being the greatest, you know. So I think that Miles Teller, no matter how great he gets, we're just gonna remember him as like a tribute to the greats, you know. Right. Uh, I read an article on Variety.com. I'll have that link below, but it was on how Damien Chazelle and Ryan Gosling are teaming up together to do a film on Neil Armstrong. Right. And that is going to be... So we do know what Damien's going to do next. That is, but the the interesting thing with that is there's a lot of things you can do with that idea. Right, we're going to find out that Neil Armstrong wanted to be a jazz musician. (laughs) (laughs) 
that's what that's what's new about. It's about him in space, but how can he bring jazz to space? <laughs> what's no, but actually though, okay, not that he's gonna do that, but uh, honestly, we could possibly see a film about how Neil Armstrong sacrificed right. things in his life to achieve greatness, which was being the first man on right, the moon. Right. And we could potentially see the same exact themes that we have seen in these last two movies. About Neil Armstrong. Now, would I necessarily not watch that movie and not enjoy that movie? No, I would like that movie yeah. because I love La La Land and I loved Whiplash. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like if this does happen, right? If we watch yeah. a Neil Armstrong film about him sacrificing themes to achieve greatness, it might say that Damien Chazelle is stuck in this vein and that he has, I mean, because you know, okay. You, you take actors, right, and they're typecasted in this, you know. Robert Downey Jr. plays, like, the kind of sassy, arrogant type characters. I think um, sassy. I think sassy's the best word <laughs> to describe RBJ. Um, um, you have you, Mark Ruffalo plays kind of these... Uh, <laughs> Mark Ruffalo was a hard choice. <laughs> you really you shot yourself in the foot with Mark Ruffalo. Uh, somebody's better. Samuel Jackson does very similar. Right. Like he's kind of like Samuel you know, Jackson does most better. actors do very similar roles. Right. Yeah. Uh, Jason Statham is a great example of one guy who he literally is the same guy. He's the transporter in every film he's ever been. Yeah, exactly. He's always the transporter. But exactly. Yeah. And so the thing is, so they're typecasted into that. So if this movie is like that about Neil Armstrong achieving. These dreams through sacrifice. Could we see Damien Chazelle being like theme typecasted? But would like, like I said, if he just takes that premise, has anyone ever been theme typecasted before? Is that a thing that's happened? I don't know. That's a good question. Like I don't know anyone that's like their themes are too similar. You know, because it's like if he keeps because Whiplash and La La Land are only similar movies if you're analyzing that theme. Also the jazz musicians musician thing. But I mean like in general they're very very different movies. You know. It's just that they have that similar theme. So I'm not sure, like, the average viewer watching these is going to be like, um, there he made another movie about achieving greatness. <laughs> That's but, true. That's true. He did it again. But, uh, so yeah, I think that'd be, maybe he's critically typecasted as, like, doing the same theme casted as doing, the, like, only doing that. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm just not sure that's ever been done before. Like, uh, I, I mean, all, but at the same time, though. If he ends up right, if his film career is twenty five movies about achieving greatness. your dreams yeah. or achieving greatness through sacrifice, and each of them are you know a well written script, well directed, well acted, I mean, at the end of the day, they could still all be great films, right. and he could still be a great director. Right. But at the same time, I don't know. I mean, he is gonna do what he wants to do at this point. Right. After La La Land, I think he's kind of like you know he yeah has, he he can do whatever he wants right, right. now he's for set at least up. a little while he need a he need a couple bombs to like lose the trust of studios right now right he he hasn't shamalan himself yet right but um I don't know I, I I guess we'll see I mean I will I'm already looking forward to this movie I don't know when it's gonna come out but, right uh, I will definitely go watch that probably opening night I really yeah. I I look forward to to anything Damien Chazelle makes because I've loved watching his rise right like in in my personal opinion. His kind of rise into Hollywood is like the ideal of like, this is what I would love to do. He was in college and then he made this great short film. He was able to, to get the studio attention to make the full film that right. he had already written. And that's awesome. And yeah. I think that's great. Also, did you know that he wrote La La Land before he wrote Whiplash? I didn't know that. Yes, which I thought was crazy to me. Okay, so one thing about that is he didn't write the... Did he write the... 
Okay, so I know that he didn't write the music for La La Land, but did he write the lyrics, like, of the songs? Like, I wonder how that worked, just, like, as the writing process. I, I assume he must have written the lyrics. Or, I'd have like, to do research yeah. on that. Okay, we can move on from that. Yeah. Um, That's bad podcasting, I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 we should have researched more. <laughs> okay, so one thing I want to talk about is, like, uh, we can move on to just discussing the film La La Land, and just, like, uh, likes and dislikes from that movie. So, okay. like, just scenes you like, scenes you didn't like from La sure. La Land. sure. Um, I can start off. One thing I did not like from Lawland, Land, I thought it was very... Okay, so I kind of like the way they did the epilogue, but I thought the epilogue was very unnecessary. Also, okay, so I think the movie should have ended with uh, Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone post her uh, audition. You know, the audition to have that scene where they talk and you kind of realize they're going to break up. Because the next scene, like four years later, when we see that Emma Stone's name on the side of a billboard, it felt hacky. Like, it felt unnecessary. You're like, oh, she made it. Oh, and he made it too. Okay, see, I, would, I guess I guess it does highlight the fact that they gave up each other to achieve their dreams. I would disagree with you for 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 not liking that five years later. Okay, in my opinion, that end, the yeah. five years later, makes the entire movie. That's the whole point. Okay, when I'm not saying I don't like the end in general. I'm saying I hate like the just the hackiness of like seeing her face on the billboards. Like I feel like they could have like more subtly told us she achieved her dreams. Like I just feel like I feel like she achieved. She was too wildly successful. Like it was just kind of like I don't know. I watched that. I was like, I'm just kind of like groaning. You know. Like, okay. Uh, I mean. Okay. Although cool. I, I think, she's the biggest actress right now. We get it. Like, I think that's a smaller point. I you know I don't think that's like plot destroying. You no, know? it's not plot. That's destroying. like you see her. No, no, I like the movie a lot. I just like if I'm if I'm nitpicking here, watching that, I, I did I groaned in the theater. I'm like, okay, she's on the side of the billboard. Cool. Gotcha. Well, I mean, I think something that they even if they cut that, they the thing where she walks into the coffee shop and they give her the coffee and she walks out, similar to how in the beginning of the film she had the other actress. I think that would have just covered it. You know, yeah. if, if you didn't like the hackiness of that, yeah. if you just have that moment, I think that that covers it because yeah, you see her, yeah, yeah. she's in the studio and she does that. Um, right. No, but I think that whole, I think the whole, like, when she goes to Sebastian's club and she sees, uh, she sees him and she has this whole, like, what if scenario in her head, I think that makes the whole movie right. because there's a lot in that, right? There's one thing that um, I haven't heard many people talk about, which is the fact that if you notice in this what if... He doesn't achieve his dream, right? So it's interesting to see. What do you mean by that? Uh, okay, so when we go to this flashback or we go to this what if, right? She his they, whole dream was opening a club. He had his he had his own club. Yeah, yeah. No, what I'm saying, I'm saying in the her what if scenario. Remember, he plays a song in the club and she has. Oh, this what the, if you're sen- saying the dream sequence. Yes, she did. in the dream. Okay, sequence. Well, how, he doesn't achieve his dream in the dream sequence. He doesn't achieve his dream in the dream sequence because remember, at the end of it, he goes with her to someone else's club. We never see any any time that he owns his club in this dream sequence. And so right. what I thought was interesting that even in her perfect fantasy world, he didn't achieve his dream and for them to be together, which I thought was really interesting. Um, I'd like to look into that more uh, if it's implying that he doesn't have his own club there. You know, I guess it didn't show that. Um, well, I think that's the whole point. The whole point is that they, they couldn't be together to achieve their dreams. Okay. Which I think is dumb. I, I, I don't like that plot point to it. I, like, why not? Like, clearly, clearly she had time to find a new guy while achieving her dreams. Why couldn't she have just nurtured the relationship with Ryan Gosling while achieving their dreams? Yeah, I guess that's true. Like, I, I just... I, that plot in general, like, why can't they just stay together? People achieve their dreams together all the time. Like, what? Like, I mean... Like, I feel like there should have been more of a concrete reason of why they couldn't have stayed together. Mm-hmm. It's just to say, like, to achieve our dreams, we're going to need 100% of our minds so we can't be distracted by each other right now. Like, wh- what's going on there? Like, they can't stay together. You know, like, what? Why? 
Yeah. Why can't they stay together? Because uh, let, let's let's already start this. Um, she wrote an entire one woman play that got her the attention of the studio while being with him. Because of him, actually. Exactly. So, that's because, so she... why couldn't she? Uh, she's gonna be away for a couple months filming, so she cast a not date Ryan Gosling anymore like if an actor goes away has to divorce his wife and leave his family like no just like call FaceTime <laughs> like I, I think that's kind of lame that he she could they couldn't stay together you know yeah I guess that's true I just feel like there wasn't a real reason like they could he could if he wanted it to be like they had to sacrifice the relationship like he could have given a real reason for why you know I guess so um one thing I did like is um if you notice kind of the husband that she chooses um, whether in an intentional or not, he has the same kind of look as the guy she dates initially. Really? And I th- yes, and I think um, what's interesting is that you have this, I think you have this paradigm between security and romance. Because I think Ryan Gosling's character represents, like, the person who, like, pushed her, the person who represented, like, romance and... Uh, like the enjoyment and the fun of a relationship and then the guy she ends up with he seems like you know like the father figure like the guy with the house the guy that pays the bills and um oh, right think, but she's an A-list actor who's paying her own bills <laughs> okay well obviously yeah, yes yeah. but I'm saying still no, like, there's still like a, a like security a, factor he's of, like, not like the f- he's not as romantic as Ryan Gosling right like and like she he, it doesn't seem like he's the one going on tour with this band for like two years yeah the, he's less unpredictable yeah and yeah. I think it was an interesting look at like cause okay I don't know if this I don't know if this threw you off but for me when I saw and her kind of dream sequence when Ryan Gosling's character had a child with her right right uh, you see like the little boy like for me that threw me off a little bit because I had not built in my mind that this was a t- kind of character who was, like, the type to settle down and have a child. Now, maybe that was just my own yeah. kind of premonition well, see, of Ryan it. Gosling, more than her, seems like someone who'd settle down. Because like I said before, his dream is to have own a club. That's settling down. You're not traveling around doing that. You're not moving around. He's already achieved his dream, so he seems like the character out of the two of them who'd have a child, mm-hmm. you know? he He's in one place. He just He's busy at night, <laughs> like, right. running his club. Like, he seems like the one who's settled down who could have a kid, where Emma Stone's an A-list actress who's, like, traveling the world doing stuff. Like, she seems like the unsettled-down one, you know, not mm-hmm. Ryan Gosling. I, I get that as, like, the trope of, like, the musician who can't have time for his family, but that's not Ryan Gosling in this movie, you know? Mm-hmm. All he wanted was to have... He didn't want to be one of the greats. He wants to have a tribute to the greats, you know? Yeah. He wants to have this club. That seems like settled down to me. He seems like he could have had a kid. Interesting. Also, because they're not both... They're not going off in separate directions other than filming for three months. They're both still in L.A. That was something else. They could have yeah. stayed together. Yeah. <laughs> they're in the same city. Like, it's not like he's like, oh, I have to go to New York to start this club. I didn't realize it's... how upset I was about this until we started talking. Like, <laughs> they, they didn't, there's no reason they had to break up. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Does every couple in college break up over summer break? Gosling, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's three whole months. You don't get it. <laughs> like I'm filming for three months. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I guess that's kind of dumb. But. Well, I guess although although to give the film some credit, he's still with the band when they stop right. dating. Right. Right. And so I think that. Cause, you know, I thought it was clear that because of that's kind of why he decided to like go back and follow his actual dream, you know. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I in my head, I guess after their like bench scene at the very end where they're talking to each other, you know, back in that like uh, overlook spot, I mm-hmm. thought that like shortly after that he's gonna pursue the club more, you know, 
actually start pursuing his real dreams. But he could have toured for a while longer, you know? I see. I didn't get that feeling initially. I, I was like, okay, so she's going to go be this actress and he's going to go do this. Okay. Uh, he's going like, to tour be in band. this band. And then when she sees, like, Seb, it was like, oh, okay, so they broke up. And then he was like, you know what? I am going to do this. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. Because I think, to give the film credit, I feel like part of the reason they do split is because she doesn't see uh, him ending with this band because he doesn't ever say explicitly, okay, I'm going to settle yeah. down in LA and start this club. He, And so also right. at the same time, you don't know and in this five-year gap when he started it, you know? Right, exactly. Because like, did he start it out? Because the, the, the assumption would be if he started it a week later, he would have been like, hey, by the way, I started the club. Do you want to like not break up? Yeah. Um, so I would say that it was a little while before he stopped and settled down and had the money to actually start this club up. So I don't know. To give the film credit, I think there is a little bit of yeah. reason. I mean, I'm not saying there's no reason, you know, that uh, they should have. There's no reason that like. I'm not saying there's not a reason for them to have broken up, but I just think it not enough of one. You know, I think they could have stayed together, but you know, not a huge deal. But just it kind of makes the ending kind of like, all right, I don't know, like it doesn't seem like they had to do this. Mm-hmm. But uh, I like the hand holding scene a lot when they come to the movie theater. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I like when they go back to the movie theater and it's like, uh, I just like that felt like a very like relatable scene. It's like uh, <laughs> I feel like everyone watching that has like been there before. You know, it's right. kind of like that like that soft like they let their hands kind of like mingle yeah, in the middle, yeah. like kind of like bumping each other and like uh, I thought that was just a really well shot scene. Uh, uh, other than that, I like um. I like the scene where he's uh, on the, uh, I forget the word for it, um, he's walked out onto the uh, pier, onto the yeah. pier, and mm-hmm. he's like, uh, he starts singing the uh, that song for the first time. I do like the epilogue that shows, like, all of their, I, I like that part of the epilogue where he sings the song, and throughout the song, it, like, shows their life, where they made all the right choices, or whatever. Right. But, uh... uh my favorite scene in the movie was uh, probably the most awkward one, when he goes to the photo shoot, and... Uh, the photographer is trying to like stage him and he's oh, yeah, like yeah. put your glasses down and like bite your lip while she's <laughs> yeah. at her play yeah. and like you can just feel that he doesn't want to be here at all yeah. and he wants to go and watch her play because he told her he would be there yeah. I really liked that scene because I could really I, I could feel that he didn't want to be there without them saying I don't want to be here you know yeah. that was really really well done okay I think it's interesting that he chose a photo shoot like he chose something that seemed like not totally important for him to have had to be there. You yeah. know, it's something that he could have said no to, right. you know, but it, he, so it was just like clearly like, it wasn't like he had to be there, you know, it like, it, it seems like something he could have said no to. So like the fact that he picked that over going to the show kind of like, you know, I feel like it's telling of like where his priorities are at. You know? Right. Cause and so it's like, if it's like this huge show, that'd be different. You know, right. it's just like this like photo shoot, you right. know? Cause then they, you know, they, they, have this well before even before that they have this thing about him what is he going to do with this band and he gets more and more into this band and he feels like this is what he's going to do and so i think that could be a little bit telling you okay he feels more attached to this because he's been with these guys a little bit and his dream of you know starting his club his jazz club is is kind of falling away yeah um another issue i had here is that uh Okay, so he decides to take the job because he hears a phone conversation between Emma Stone and her mom where she's, like, uh, on the phone, she's like, 
Yeah, I mean, he'll, he, he's working on it. He's trying to find a job, like that kind of thing. Like, he, he's going to start his club eventually. He's getting his money together, is the word she uses. And he hears that, and because of that, he, like, starts building all this resentment towards her about, like, her needing him to make more money. And that's not what she said at all. She was, like, defending him to her mom, you know? Because later on, we see, like, all the resentment, like, boil over during that dinner scene where he's like, you wanted me to do this! And it's like, she never said that. <laughs> she didn't even kind of say that. She just told her mom that you were getting your money together. And you, like, and it spirals you into this whole, like uh joining this band and doing all this and it's like I, I feel like that wasn't like at all like well yeah but i mean that kind of stuff happens all the time where somebody says something to someone else and the the third party misreads that and it changes right. something about them and they're like oh this person thinks this about me i mean that's that kind of stuff happens like, so advice, i bought that advice to our listener listeners have open dialogue with people <laughs> you're in relationships with <laughs> tell them how you feel <laughs> before joining a band and selling out talk to your girlfriend <laughs> That's basically what I'm trying to tell you. Before joining a band with John Legend, talk to your girlfriend, <laughs> make sure it's what you want to be doing, <laughs> and then sure, tell John Legend, yes, you'll do it. <laughs> oh, man. How did you like the film overall, if you had to, like, like your thoughts on the film overall? Okay. Uh, one thing about the film that I like a lot is I feel like I could rewatch it again and totally enjoy it. You know, that's probably like a lot to do with, like, the music aspect of it, you know, but it's just, like, it's an enjoyable watch. You know, I don't think it's like, I don't think it's groundbreaking. I don't think it like changed my life or anything, but it was just, it's a fun movie to watch. You know, it's something you could, I could see throwing on again, you know, unlike like, as opposed to a movie like uh, Arrival, which I just saw where at the end of Arrival, you find out like, uh, like the only reason you're watching Arrival is to find out what these aliens want. So once you find out what the right. aliens want, I would not watch that movie again. Right. Where like La La Land's just like, it's an enjoyable hour and a half that like, you know, it's fun to be with these characters. It's fun to watch the, like the singing and everything, you know, it's just like a overall fun movie. So I think it's kind of my overarching opinion of it. Right. Yeah. I, I highly enjoyed it. I loved the visuals. Uh, really, right. I, I want to watch it again and focus on just how they shot things. Really. Yeah. Because I really loved how it's really well shot. shot. It's yeah. very, very well. I shot. like that. Uh, I like that scene in the beginning where like, we're following her like through the house and like, uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Where it's yeah. kind of like, mm-hmm. it makes it look like a set as we're like following through it. Yeah. I like how we get in this one room and the door's open and she like opens the door and walks back into the frame. I really, right, I right. really like that shot. It was one of my favorite shots in the movie. Yeah. But yeah, overall, yeah, solid film. I've loved Damien Chazelle's work so far and I'm really excited to see what he does in the in the future. All right, yeah. Um, if you want to see Jake co-host, uh, text yes. To- <laughs> <laughs> Just comment yes. <laughs> If you want Jake to be the host of the podcast and Tyler not on anymore, comment super yes. (laughs) All right, I'm cutting it.